Dunn, welcome to the Australian Herpticulture Podcast. How you going, buddy? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Been busy. Fine. How are you? Good. Been busy as well. Both been busy. There we go. as busy as you. Oh, yeah. uh, no. Nah, I got a new oh, job. Yeah, Training, learning, doing everything. Courses. Driving around. Driving around a lot. Yeah. Picking up things here and there. <laughs> You're yep. trying to sort out stuff for baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Been busy. All over the shop, hey. All over yeah. We had yeah. a guest lined up for tonight, but they fell ill and feel yep. real bad. Might, Things might be COVID, but it could also be that influenza going around that's smashing everyone worse than COVID. You heard about that? I haven't watched the news in I don't even know how long. Yeah. So, well, this I only know because my two kids are like, yeah. 38 degree temperatures, coughing, spluttering. Oh. They've been doing that, but they're getting over it now. But it's going around like wildfire, apparently. Jeez. Yeah. And I was listening to the radio today and they were saying that um, people have got it worse than COVID when they had COVID. So, yeah. yeah. That's what happens. If you're like, everyone was locked away for a while, you know, so yeah, those things do don't things spread kind of around. And, yeah. You know. when, they, when they do, they go go crazy. Yeah, and it starts at the daycares because everything goes in a kid's mouth at daycare. And mm. the amount of times I've like picked up my daughter because she has a dummy to go to sleep, mm. and then you open a bag and it's the wrong dummy in there, some other kid's oh. dummy. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it's not their fault. Like kids will just pick up whatever. Like if she's yeah. crying and she sees a dummy, she's gonna pick it up and put it in the mouth, kind of thing. Like, yeah. I mean, but yeah. So that's kind of a reason why stuff spreads around pretty quick at a daycare so oh, all these things i've got to look forward to yeah so i'm lucky i don't really get that sick like i didn't get what they've got my missus got it but i've been sleeping next to my son every night pretty much because he wakes up with like a coughing fit mm. and that kind of thing so just making sure he's okay yeah, yeah. So I'm going to, he coughs on my face i'm like oh come on mate cover your mouth but obviously he's three he's not going to cover his mouth but yeah <laughs> so yeah Oh, that sounds not like fun, but yeah. So, makes sense while our guest is on, but we're going to reschedule that one. So that'll be a cracker that one, I reckon. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking yeah, forward to I've it. been keen for that one for a while. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, he works with some stuff that uh, not everyone does. So that'll mm-hmm. be that'll be really keen to hear about. And yeah, not sure if there's a lot of info out there about that sort of thing. So that'll be um, yeah, that'll be <clears> interesting. <throat> Yeah, <clears throat> I should have got another beer. I'm almost finished this one. <laughs> no. Might have to. I mean, that's that's. Oh, I've got me. another one here. I mean, I should have got another one. <laughs> <laughs> the triple backup. Yeah, the triple. I need that fridge that I was talking about under my desk. Yeah. What are you on now? You're on the Coopers. Yeah, on the ones you got me. Awesome. On the Coopers. Awesome. It's going really, real well. I'm enjoying this whiskey. I don't know. It's a night for whiskey before. though. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit cooler tonight. So I'm on. Uh, Jack Daniels Tennessee Honey. This is really yeah, delicious. I try that. I don't know where I got it from. I think I think it was like a Christmas. Somebody got me kind of like one of those little Jack Daniels, you know, um, bar starter packs where you kind of get like six different yep. sample sizes. So I feel like I've rated a mini fridge. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is delicious. I'm really enjoying this. Probably a little bit too much. <laughs> we might have started a new podcast instead of Parthens and Coffee, called it something else. <laughs> Parthens yeah. and who knows. Can't think of I was, tr- I was trying to think of something. <laughs> so was I. <laughs> yeah. uh, Whiskey and whip snakes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's um. Yeah, bit of, bit of a cooler night. I don't know about you, but all my animals are pretty much down now. Yeah, I've I've been. Some of them are still feeding a little bit, <clears throat> like yeah. the leaf tails. They're still ready to go. 
Mm. But um, same with the chameleon geckos. They're ready to go too. Actually, that yeah. guy's disappeared, so. I think enough. it's a gecko thing. Yeah. You know, my geckos have always, like, it, out of everything here, the geckos and the frog is what's really still chewing oh, down that food. reminds me. I forgot that. Ollie sent me a link for some white lips. Hey. Yeah, saw Ollie today. <laughs> but um yeah, yeah, the geckos, that's right. They came the leaf tails do eat less. I yeah. I feed them less, but um yeah, they're still still powering along through the winter. The frogs are too though. Yeah, I found that they didn't really stop. Yeah. The frogs not so much. Yeah. But they slowed down, but they, they're still pretty consistent. I was watching my mag who's like grabbing large crickets because I fed him this morning just because I was out of sync with everything. And he's just like, I love how they just like grab it and like just shove it in their face. Like so aggressively. Literally <laughs> shove it. Like me and an oi can eat meat, smoked meat grill buffet. Just, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the eyes go back into the head and they just yeah. start shoveling with their mouth open. Yeah. It's yeah. Funny watching them do that. They're definitely interesting to watch eat the frogs. Compared to, yeah, like they just lunge at everything with that much gusto. Yep. And whatever touches their mouth is food, basically. Yep. Fingers, dirt, whatever. Yep. I just love how they use their eyes to like push down food into yeah. their guts because they can't like swallow properly. It's just kind of yeah. like a way for them to kind of push it down. They kind of like suck their eyes into their sockets to force it. Yeah, I love that. It's awesome. So weird. Yeah. It's weird. I can't think of any reptiles that do that. Not off the top of my head. I'm sure there's probably something, but, mm. <clears throat> but yeah. yeah. Yeah, Ollie. Ollie's been doing yeah, the rounds. No. He was over here yesterday. Yes. Yeah, he's poked around for a couple of hours and, and hung out and talk, talked lizards, talked frogs, talked everything basically. And yeah, he's kind of checking out the setup. And I don't know how you go when you get other people around to your setup, but like I've been so flogged lately that my animals, I've kind of like let them go a little bit. So I'd like to have the enclosures a bit cleaner than what they are. And I was like, oh, man, don't judge me on this. But, you know, I'm just so busy. I just haven't had time to. To be honest, the only person that has keeps reptiles that's come over is you. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, there you go. I feel very privileged. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that I can think of. Yeah. I had some people come over and pick up some voids the other day. If my daughter wasn't asleep, I would have let them come down. But mm. she was asleep. But, um. And obviously I was by myself that weekend with the kids. So I got it down. I'm like, I don't want her to wake up. Yeah. But um, yeah, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Obviously I've, I've invited, I've told some people they can come around next next time and that, but yeah, not, not many people. Mm. Well, there you go. That I can think I, of. I, I can't say that I have people around frequently, but um, Ollie's just moved in just around the corner from me essentially. So yeah. might it's have like a bit of a... minutes or something. Yeah. He walked you. So really, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. So um, and then we waited for a storm to pass, <laughs> so he could walk home because he didn't bring an umbrella. Yeah. But, um, yeah. No, it was um, it was really good chatting chatting with him and and hanging out and just kind of going through everything and you know showing him like the green tree pipe. Actually, I think I showed him everything. I got all the McGillans out. Pretty oh, much. nice. Yeah. Got all he the babies out to show <clears> him. And yeah, I, I haven't noticed this, but one of my one of my hatchy gillans that I hatched out this year has got like insane colors to it hey i'll have to send you oh, a really? of it. yeah I, I don't know if he's going to lose the colors or he or she i should say um but it's so bright and so vibrant mm. it's it's really quite quite unique um i haven't seen this on a gillens before not not quite this bright but 
No, somebody will probably have something out there like it. There you go, mate. Shout out now. Oh, yeah, I got it then. I've got Facebook open on the computer for the first time in ages and I just made a noise. I'm like, <laughs> what is that noise? It was me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, quick squeeze. Oh, wow. Yeah. Pretty bright for a little grey lizard. It's not so grey. That's really bright. Yeah. And, and, and tiny to be I've got a small owl in the hatch. Well, that's not even fresh hatch. That's like a few months old. Yeah, it's like the size of your thumb. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. Absolutely insane. But yeah, I, I could tell by the end of it, he was pretty much like, oh, I think I need one of these things. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I may have uh, rubbed off a bit of Gillen's love on him. So nah, They're definitely awesome. Yeah, but I had a bit of time to kill between um, some exams today mm. and popped up to Kellyville and had a chat with Ollie. So Good fun. Haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen it for a while since we went herping that time. <clears throat> oh, that was like six months ago. Yeah, that was the last time I saw him. So, yeah. That no, was good to have a chat. It's a good bloody shot there, hey, because I actually oh, went for a around just before I got home. Because yeah, you, nah. you said you were there, and I was like, oh, damn, I was going to miss you. Cause yeah, I'll probably miss you by about half over. an hour, I reckon. Yeah. It's not actually too far from my place. I think it's about, yeah, about half an hour or so. Yeah. Um, it's a clean shot, hey. It's like huge, it. too. It's mm. huge. Mm. Some yeah, awesome no. stuff there too. There's some good enclosures as well. I love that um, turtle one. The one with the albino? Yeah. Luna, I think it's called. Yeah. Yeah. It's an awesome enclosure, that one. Yeah, all those caged enclosures are pretty good. I don't know what happened to them. I could be wrong, but I have a feeling that they went under. Yeah, I think they shut up shop. Mm. I think. I think. Yeah. But they did some awesome enclosures, they did. Yeah. Yeah, they did some awesome Turner. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, huge Actually, too. Speaking, of, yeah, those are those are massive. But speak, yeah. speaking about enclosures, I wanted to give a special mention. Did you see that set of enclosures that Wildfire Bearded Dragons and Greenies did for? Yeah, that was for awesome. Greenie? Yeah, for his monitor wall, that was insane. That was awesome. unreal, eh? Was it six, six enclosures? I think four were fifteen hundred by eight hundred by six hundred and I think the two bottom ones were fifteen hundred by nine hundred by six hundred. So yep. they're they're pretty much the size that I was gonna do behind me before yep. I ran out of time and had to just buy something off the shelf. Yeah. Um yeah, they're mental and of course Granny put his touch <clears> on with those fake rock, what, rock walls. So Yeah, come up a treat. I might actually share that picture on the Instagram. Yeah, good but, idea. Um, yeah, no, and it looks like it fits perfectly into like a nook in the wall. Mm. Like it looked like there was two walls either side. Yeah. Um, Looks like there's kind of like a hundred mil gap either side of the wall just for some extra ventilation or something into the enclosures by the looks of it. But yeah. Yeah. Perfect size. And they're tall. Yeah. Like it looks tall when you put those guys next to it, you know, like yeah. when they're standing there, you're like, oh, definitely going to need a ladder to get into those top ones. But <laughs> especially with monitors too. <laughs> yeah. You'd want well, to tame this ones at the top. <laughs> I think I need I need ladders to reach the top of my enclosures, so I can I feel wish that I pain. I ladders to reach the top of my enclosures. <laughs> I could sit in this chair and reach the top. Yeah, but that I chair's four and a half foot tall. Yeah, so that's, that's what I'm <laughs> I was doing the course today, and I was in like a computer chair, and I'm like, oh, I should stop in office works on my home. Definitely forgot about that. <clears throat> I'll do that on the weekend. You'll get there, man, and then yep. I won't be seeing much of you because you'll be so much lower. I'll just see the top of your yeah. head. <laughs> <laughs> you're blind from a bald head. 
No. I mean, you're a reasonably tall guy. That's a reasonably short room. So, yeah, you definitely wouldn't need a ladder to get into anything there. No, I kind of like it, though. I like that look of full, like, floor to ceiling. That's why what I've got planned will be full floor to ceiling. So. Well, these monitors enclosures, monitor enclosures I've done, they're only about maybe 150 mil from the ceiling. Yeah, and you've got the two stacked up, don't you? Yeah. What are they, 1,200? Yeah. Is that 1,200 internal or is that 1,200 overall? Overall. Yeah, so there's about, uh, including the little bottom section, there's probably about 100 mil impelment to allow for like uh, breathing space and light fixtures and stuff like that. Um, Which works out to my advantage because the amount of equipment that I've got in these things that I can then hide you know, I've got like Miss King tubes and PC fans and yeah. UVs and LEDs and all that sort of gizmos and gizmos in there. So, yeah, makes it look neat on the outside at least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It does look pretty clean. Yeah. But, um, I'm enjoying it. I mean, if I had the time, I probably would have built something. Um, oh, yeah, but for off the shelf, they're, they're awesome, those those ones. Like I was chatting with the other day and said the only thing I don't like about it is the sliding glass. Yeah. But that's just personal preference. I just don't like the yeah. sliding glass. Yeah. Yeah, no, I hear you. I, I do like swing doors. And if they did make something that was like really perfect for something like this, I'd be all over it. But yeah, I think that also eats into my space. You know, when I've got a bunch of tubs down here and I'm feeding <clears> a bunch <throat> of different size stuff out, if I had doors swinging open, I'd be like jumping oh, yeah. things around constantly. So, And I mean, sliding doors are beneficial for certain species as well. Like you wouldn't, if you kept like vans, you wouldn't want to, yeah, or monitors, you wouldn't want a big opening full door. Yeah. Whereas you can crack that door just sort of in that makes things a little bit easier. Mm. I remember when I had Gillens, I had him in a little exoterra and I opened the door, boom, straight out, went out between you know, the, the little crack you get between the, yep. the glass and the hinge and the door. Yep. It's like probably 10 mil straight out there. I was like, you little bugger. And then I'm trying to get him, get him off the guy. I ended up getting him, but yeah. It was funny when it, uh, when Ollie and I were playing with a couple of the gillens that I'm raising. They're in they're in a little tub just next to me here. Like I'm just, yep. <clears throat> I need to still shuffle things around and get them into an actual glass box. But uh, they were that heated up. I've just got this little 25 watt halogen above them that just like just heats up to about 65 on this tile, and they're just sitting on them like cooking themselves. Absolutely loving it. And I went to show them these and they're just like running back and forth. Like I couldn't catch the little bugger for like a good few <laughs> minutes. I was like, oh, this is embarrassing. I can't even yeah. catch him. He's just racing around the tub like a madman. <clears throat> and when I handed him to Ollie, I'm like, you hold on to that thing tight because if you drop him, you got to pay for him. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be able to catch him. Yeah. If I yeah, can't catch nah. a prickly forest skink, I've got no no chance in hell with a Tell you gill, what, they're gill bloody quick, 65 eh? degrees. They're bloody they quick for a skink. T- you told me that too. You yeah. were like they're like a gillens, but a skink, and I'm like, yeah, right. Tropical skink, whatever. Yeah, I mean they're awesome. I love them, eh? Like you don't see them much, but oh, there's something about them. I just yeah, I've never really been a big skink person, but they're one skink that I do like. Their only downside is that I didn't see them enough. Yeah, but definitely. when you do see them, they're gorgeous. Those scales yeah. are so different. You know, like they're just so weird compared to so many other skinks we've got here in Australia. Yep. Yeah. It's almost yeah. like a rough scale python of the skinks. Yeah. 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 We've got those little keeled scales and oh, beautiful little animals. 
obviously you're de- some of your depressor though they're pretty awesome too I'd, they're probably one of the other ones that i'd love to keep but i just oh, don't I have space <clears throat> yeah i just don't have space for them unfortunately I, I, it, they're one of those things that i'd love to go nuts on yeah you could easily too easily yeah i mean i i've got only so much space and yeah most no, of no i'm saying like you you could like you've got the space but i mean like it's something you could because they're awesome you know what I oh, mean? Like, yeah yeah oh they're fantastic my little yeah. one that i do have here he like charges at the glass for food hey like he's so personable he he recognizes if he sees me get the tub down from the top he'll be in his log like asleep and if he sees that black tub full of crickets or whatever come down he's like out the glass like running up and down like feed me feed me feed me feed me i can yeah. tongue feed him i can hand feed him i can do everything with him awesome. he's such a cool little skink it's like my boy it's the boys are the same as soon as they see a cricket they just jump off the branch straight down to the ground at yep. the door. I'd say that's the only downside with the PVC and like clawed lizards is they do scratch it. It's not bad, like it's not terrible, but mm. yeah. But geckos perfect for it. I wonder how that'll go with leaf tails. I don't think you'd struggle too much because leaf tails aren't exactly going to be scratching at the front glass. But no, not at all. <clears throat> they generally, yeah, they've yeah, I've never really had. I think because. The way I keep them, I give them a lot of climbing space. But mm. you know, one thing you could do is just put a clear strip of like that PVC perspex, whatever it is, at the front that like mm. covers the door. Yep. But I mean, yeah, they generally just stay on the wall and on the branches and and all yeah. that. You don't see them on the ground too much. They do on the odd occasion, but not like the boids. No. Yeah. No. Nowhere near that much. That's, yeah, um, that's for sure. Yeah, I uh, went into the bush yesterday. Went for a walk. Yep. Went and got myself a nice big Gillen's log for this enclosure oh, behind nice. me. Yeah, had to drag it about. I like. I went proper bush bash too. Like, yeah, off beaten Near your place? Nah, nah. I went back to a, another place that I used to frequent a fair bit. Um. And I was just like, oh, I'm just going to go for a walk. I'm just going to go down this gully and just see how far I go and see if I find anything. And it was kind of like drizzling and rain. And then I came across this fallen tree. I was like, oh, this is perfect big like Y section branch. And it's probably about as thick as my head. Like, so it's yep. pretty, pretty <laughs> sizey. And I had like this little $7, $7 bush saw with me. Uh, anyway, I got a chunk of it and dragged it two kilometers out of that gully. <laughs> that was painful. Oh, that would have been heavy too. Yeah, yeah, and somebody wasn't very smart and didn't bring any water with him. So that'll get you. Yeah, I was almost Ricky macking it and drinking it out of puddles. Yeah. <laughs> I'll find a waterfall. You should be right, mate. There wasn't much there as far as that goes. There was a lot of a lot of water over. There was a lot of water on rocks, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, not, not quite there yet. But yeah, <laughs> I'm glad to have gotten that. I just need to. Need to cut it down and, and figure it out. But yeah, that should prop up that enclosure pretty nice now. Yeah. Oh, the bottom one. <clears throat> yeah. That little bit yeah. extra strength kind of thing. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. It's put it right yeah. to the roof and just kind of support support the one above. Yeah. Yeah. Because those tanks don't have like a, a pelmet as such to kind of reinforce it. They're just yeah. kind of like the top. And I don't know if you can, you might not be able to see it, but there's a very tiny sag in the bottom. About, oh no, you're not going to be able to see it. But it's like a few mil sag that you can see. Yeah. Because you've cut the middle out of two enclosures, haven't you? 
Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I've done that yeah. and I just need to order new glass for it yeah. to kind of like double up the glass height. So it's gone from being a 1200 or two 1200 by 600 by 550 tall enclosures to a 1200 by 600 by 1100 tall enclosure now. Yeah. But essentially it still, still looks like it's two enclosures because it's got like that kind of middle board in between it. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of built as a bay with just like a, a dividing level. So hmm. never had that in plan, but it just kind of worked out that I'm like, hey, I can save myself some money and probably just spend about, I don't know, a hundred bucks on glass and get yeah. a big enclosure for my original Gillens. So that's that's probably going to be the biggest enclosure leaders wise yep. that I've done for Gillens ever. So Yeah, it's yeah. pretty solid though. <clears throat> it's a pretty decent sized box. Yeah, they'll love it. Man, they I will. still can't get over the color of that hatchy Gillens. It's bright. Hey, did, you, did I send you that second photo? Yeah, yeah. It's um. Hopefully, it keeps that as it gets older. I'll be interested to see if the back pattern stays nice and yellow because you know how you see some of those Gillens in the wild. It's like stuff an orangey yellow, like yeah. That's yeah, it's pretty beautiful. nuts, hey. Yeah, and the, the banding on it's so dark that it's got yeah. like, spotting in that. It's interesting. Definitely interesting. <clears throat> so did you jump on any of those books that popped up on that ad last episode? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did, I did. Um some of her stuff was a bit pricey for me. Yeah. But that's okay. You know, I, I can respect people wanting what they want and that's all right. Um but no, I haven't got them yet, but I did get two monitor books. Yes, so yep. I added into that. I think there's I think there's one called like Goannas. I think it is by Steve Wilson and somebody else. It's got the dingo on the front cover. Yeah, getting chased by the lace monitor. Or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I got got that one, and I got another one. Um, uh, something to do with. Let me see if I can pull these up quickly. Uh, there's another Goanna book, but I have a feeling it was to do with their biology or something. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah I don't think Goanna. I have the other one. Goanna, The Biology of Varanid Lizards by Brian Green and Dennis King. And it's got a big picture of a parenti on the front. So I don't know what it's like, but I can't have enough monitor books. So I just can't have enough books. <laughs> well, I got my other five. I told you that, didn't I? That's right. Yeah. The cro- crocodile ones. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. Yeah. I got two <clears throat> crocodile ones. Um, let me. We might have to start doing a, a book of the week. Like. Um... I can't read them that quick. Eric and no one. Yeah, neither. <laughs> no, just which book have you bought this week? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Not, I not, got like... not which book have you read? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got, well, yeah, I mean, I almost got a book a day this week, so I've done pretty good. Yeah, I've got uh, Alligators and Crocodiles, The Portrait of the Animal World by Leonard Lee Rue III. Um, bit of a decent-sized book, but... Mm bit on the skinny side but no it looks like a good book i've had a quick flick through that one i've got this old one this one's pretty cool actually it's got like heaps of black and white photos as well as like drawings and things so you can tell I love some of the old books yeah that's yeah. awesome that one yeah so this is just for the listeners it's australian uh, australian reptile wonders by harry frocker frocker i can't say that name but big picture of a boyd's on the front that yeah it's um that's quite interesting. I like flicking through those and seeing like all the old taxonomic names and you yep. know, seeing all the diagrams and stuff like that. I got this incredibly tiny book, which I thought was <laughs> way bigger, but that's okay. I only paid five bucks for it. 
It's uh, Snakes in South Australia, a species uh, list and overview. Don't so, have that book. It's another one I need to find. Yeah. Apparently there's not many snakes in South Australia, judging by the, <laughs> the thickness of this book. But um, no, there's a, there's a few in there, but it's just a basic kind of field guide type book. Um, then I got The Australian Story of Crocodile by Philip Holden. This actually seems like more of a um, uh, storybook almost. Yeah. So a bit more of like the history and stuff of crocodiles and, you know, that sort of, that sort of gear. And, but it's, it seems very, very interesting, but it's, yeah, got a lot of stories and stuff throughout it. So I reckon that might actually be a really good read. Yeah. Um, but then by far my favorite score was this one for $15, the cold blooded Australians, a unique photographic study of Australia's reptiles, amphibians and freshwater fish by Gunther Schmieder. Yeah. That's a nice book. That one. I don't have that one actually. Really? Yeah, I saw it, it pop up. Yeah, I need to. You no, you you honestly do because like Gunther's work, I love his photographs as is. Yeah, and this is such a unique book because it's not like it's supposed to be, uh, you know, a full guide or or anything yeah. like that. It's just some of his best photos that he's taken, and you know, it's got heaps of habitat shots and man, some of the stuff in here, especially because I'm a bit of a fish nerd as well. So that yeah. kind of that kind of helps a little bit, but. You know, his, his photographs are just killer. Like, yeah, definitely. Some of his stuff, I love it. Well, I've shown the, the young fella at work, he um he was flicking through here as well, and he's like, oh, that's like everything I love, frogs, reptiles, and fish in one book. And he ended up finding a copy of this, I think including postage, it cost him 45 bucks, which was like triple the price that I paid for this. Yeah. But he's, he's like, I don't care. It's such a good book. It's worth yeah, more. Yeah, but even you that, know, that's still a like, good price. Oh, like <clears throat> after having this in my hand and looking at it, I'd honestly it's probably pay. It's a big book. It's a yeah. It's like an A4 size book, and probably I'm going to say at least 250 odd pages. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Book of that quality. I would have been happy to pay a hundred dollars for it. Oh, definitely. You know, that's a good good book. Um. Well, it's probably the same size as, or maybe not as big as the John Cairns Turtle book. I've actually got them next to each other right now. It's a tiny bit skinnier than John yeah. Can's Turtle Book, which is a very big book in itself. Yeah. But um, I picked up a – I got delivered yesterday a six-edition Cogger, an ex-library edition. I don't actually have any six editions, so. Oh, wicked. I picked up that one and I was like, that's awesome. That's one I've got mm. now. I just need to try and get the other, the other six editions and a couple of the other editions, but <clears> – <throat> Yeah, I did get some of those other books that popped up in that ad. Did you as well? Yeah, I got I got a few. I got quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> did you leave anybody for anybody else? Oh yeah, there was heaps. She had some awesome yeah. titles in there. Like, because I've bought books off her previously. Like, it would have been two, three years ago, maybe even yeah. longer. Um, but I think these were a last. So the the ones she kept, I think, were all the good ones. Like, yeah, she had the whole um, Danny Brown series. Mm. all signed um i didn't get any of them but um i did eye off the big lizards book yeah she did have a mint copy of that that was signed as well but um no i got i think i got like 15 books or something (laughs) (laughs) but they're all ones i don't have no i didn't i didn't get any of them because i had the ones Oh, did I? Okay, I have to check what I got now. I think she was charging like 150 a piece or something like that for these three books. Like, as in, like, yeah, they were pretty, pretty up there. But if I if I had the money, I probably would have bought them just because I am a go out and nut. Yeah, 
<clears throat> but one of them was like, oh, where was it? No, I got a bunch of ones that I, I didn't have. I got like a Pythons of Australia. I got one in the Reptile Park, Dangerous Snakes, um, Snakes, Atlas of the Lapids, Snakes of Australia. It's mm. like a spiral bound book. What else? Um, snakes and Lizards, Snakes and Lizards by McPhee. Pretty old. Um, yeah, just a bunch of stuff I didn't have. <clears throat> Yeah. Um, similar to the one you got, I got like a. Hang on, did I get the same one? No, it's different. I think I'm just waiting for the picture to load. But it's a couple of those little smaller, like field guides of, like um. Yep. That one says snakes of. I can't quite read the picture because oh here we go snakes of the Darwin area. By oh Gow. cool. Um, I know Eric was talking about older that, ones. Yeah, a couple of old like yeah older books and smaller ones and stuff so. Oh, wicked. But yeah, keen to get them. So, yeah, I'm definitely finding that I'm starting to get a bit them. more down that train of thought now. And even though I'm starting to yeah. watch, like when I started this podcast, and well, sorry, when I moved into this place and I bought my bookshelf, I had like one row full out mm. of three rows. And now I've got like maybe half a row left. So I've filled up another <laughs> row and a half. Yeah. yeah. There's and that's something not, about books, though. There's something that, like, I know oh, you can get all the information online, but there's something about flicking through a book. And I yeah. love flick, like you said before, I love flicking through the old coggers. Yep. And seeing, like, just how stuff's changed. Mm. <clears throat> like, you go to the original cogger, it's like half the size of the new one. Yeah. Like, it's just amazing. And seeing some of the old drawings and some of the old books, how they used to draw the scales and all that stuff as well. Like, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, I've had a few free moments recently where I'm talking like half an hour or something. I get to sit down and relax, and I'll yeah. come into here and I'll be like, as the lights are going down in this room or something like that, and I'll just like pull a book out of the shelf and be like watching my lizards and just like sit down here flicking through a book or whatever. And I'm so really I need to get a comfier it. chair down here so I can do that. Yeah, just do so, it, man. Yeah, I might go get one on the weekend, and then because everyone like. My wife goes to bed early. Kids go to bed early. So from like 8 o'clock or 8.30 onwards, I just come down here and hang out. Like You yeah, should be. Books. Yeah. And then we can call each other more. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of just texting all day, we yeah. can just do this just without everybody listening. Yeah, that's right. We could do, yeah. Hey, man, yeah. have you seen this book? <clears throat> but um, no, nah, I saw Ollie jumped on and commented on that post, telling me to leave some stuff and stuff <laughs> yeah, give it a rest oh, i think was yeah, the comment that was it <clears throat> that but, was um, good that yeah no nah, because we're always chatting about books too me and ollie so yeah he's a good guy I've definitely started talking to him a bit more recently but um especially since we kind of did he, we kind of did like the same kakadu trip almost um, yeah it was just like he a week they started in yeah and they started in queensland and went yeah went west yeah yeah that would have been a good yeah. trip actually I think yeah, they did it for longer as well. They they had like double the time. Or something I think they like. they left the same time that we like you guys left. That like obviously I said oh, I was going to leave when you guys left. They left the same time. Yep. We went up to Queensland and then you guys came back and then when you came back they were in WA. Oh, not WA in um NT. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Crazy stuff. That would have been an epic trip. 
they definitely busted guts and got a lot of animals. So oh yeah, they found heaps of species. Heaps yeah, ticked heaps of stuff off, and it'd be mm. great to see some photos. So mm. see some of them soon. So that'd be yeah. good. Hopefully, yeah. I guess guess what I picked up this week. I, I think mm. you you might be excited, Ooh. and it's something we Do were I talking know? about. Mm. I don't think so. If you if you read the question or like the brief kind of like somewhat topics for us to talk about tonight, you might I know. did skim. Okay, what is it, what's this sound? Terracotta. <laughs> yeah, I got a whole bunch. Oh, you got of some? Terra- yeah, nice. I got a couple of sizes, so I got some terracotta pot sauces for making into like underground gillens hides and potential i need to go back i want to get another big one for the tristers yep um and i just need to find where my angle grinder is in my in my can't find one i've got one with a diamond bit on it i know i've got one but i don't know if i've got the diamond bit so yeah i've got it all so if you need it just let me know oh sick but yeah i want to like do what you did and just cut out like a little notch and yeah i had a few people ask me about that but um Yeah, it's, I like it because you can't see it. It looks natural, but it gives them what they need. And the good thing is, especially with the terracotta, with the monitors, is that'll also hold moisture. Well, that's my biggest well. thing. Yeah. Is the moisture factor. Because it's like yeah. they, these big boxes and with the amount of ventilation and the fans and all the lights and stuff, they get real dry, mm-hmm. which I do like. But at the same time, I want to give them that little micro area that they can go say. to, you know, especially yeah. if they're shedding and things. So. Yeah, it's about kind of creating that little section for them where I can just have some like, you know, cocoa peat or yuki mulch or something jammed under there, something that's going to retain a bit of moisture. I and just thought of that meme with you and the yuki mulch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for anybody that doesn't know, actually, I don't think I told anybody but no. you and my wife about that. But yeah, <laughs> I can't remember the name of the fella. Um, but yeah, you gave me a good laugh one morning. I woke up and I found <laughs> found this guy that had basically turned me into like uh, the Yuki Mulch version of Salt Bay in like a suit. <laughs> that was hilarious. Sorry, I'd I forgotten about that. It just popped into my head when you said Yuki Mulch. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, but, but um, I do like Yuki Mulch. There you go. Yeah, fair no, enough. Fair enough. I got the meme made about me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But um, no, they'll definitely be better for the monitors, the terracotta. Yeah. The only reason I didn't go terracotta for these guys is just because they're so fragile and like yeah. small. I didn't want to just in case something happened. Yeah. But yeah. A little bit different when you're talking about a 30 centimeter monitor that'll like kick around whatever it wants. Yeah, exactly. Compared to <clears throat> a little bit more robust and stuff. But um, yeah. But yeah, that was the only reason I didn't go terracotta. But um, I mean, the. At the same time, I keep it moist enough just using the um, sphagnum moss in there as well. So, Well, that's it. I mean, you're also talking a tropical environment, you know, like you're, yeah, that's right. you've got the mist king going in there a few times a week at least. So that'll yep. kick it up enough. Whereas like me, I can't remember the last time I missed these guys. So I went in here this morning and I was like, rain day, here you go. Yeah. And then just gave them like 30, 40 seconds. And I was like, that's enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just to bump that humidity up. But yeah, I actually posted um, pictures of them on Instagram. So if anyone wants to check them out, just go have a look on there, and you can see what I'm talking about. You can't like if you look at the first picture, <laughs> you'd look at it and go, "Why did you just put a picture of dirt up there?" <laughs> <laughs> like you can't even see the hole because I have faced the holes to the back. Yep. So just purely so they they can't see my ugly mug staring in there doing this all the time. Like, <laughs> but um, yeah, I just like to leave them alone and do their thing. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. I agree too. 
I'd um, I'm going to do the same sort of thing where you you know how you got that facing towards the back. I think that's yeah. an excellent idea. I, I mean, that's what I'll do if I was a hide, so they can hide in it, not not see you, you know, not see me. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But that is common practice. <clears throat> a lot of people will buy a hide or whatever, and they'll face it to the front of their cage because they yeah, want to definitely. be able to see the animal. Yeah. You know, but people don't consider that that breaks up the animal's security. It doesn't yeah, feel so secure. Worst case, if you want to check it, you just open up and lift the hide up. Like you're mm. probably still, you know, causing a little bit of distress, but yeah, of course, not constantly, but. Yeah, but yeah, I know, that's just yeah, it's just what I do. I try and like, especially with the community geckos, I try and just keep and even the leaf tails. I'm I'm pretty hands off with them. The only yeah. time I like is the only time I do is if if I need to clean or or if someone comes out over and they want to see one. Like you yeah. came over the other day and there was one that was kind of awake and it was pissed off and you saw I left that one alone and then grabbed yeah. the other one out that was easier to get out. <clears throat> yeah, you didn't want to stress it any more than it already no. was. So Which is fair enough. Yeah. No, that's wicked. No, I'm I'm excited to give these hides a go. I'm still kind of deciding if I do like the two terracotta, like you know, on top of each other, the way that you yeah. do it. I think if I've got enough dirt in these enclosures, maybe I just need to add a bit more in. Then I'll um, do it that way, just so it's a bit deeper. Yeah, because they're such small lizards. Realistically, you could just do it like like one like that, and oh, that would probably give them enough. You know, you might just have to spray under there a little bit more often, but. Yeah, but if you wet the top as well, that'll absorb the moisture, that terracotta. True. <clears throat> Similar to those, you know, the hides everyone uses for the knobtails. Like you feel the what's like a water bowl at the top. You fill that with water and they're kind of. Are they still a thing? Oh, I don't know. I think they are. I don't know. They were cool. They were really yeah. cool. They were going give around you that moist... like five, six years ago. They were like super popular yeah. and everybody that was into knobtails at the time, they were getting into those terracotta hides and. That but, water bowl in the top that would like leach down all the moisture and stuff. The terracotta, into yeah. But who's into knobtails now? That you know of, like off the top of my head, I can. There's no, there's like, they burnt hard and fast, and like I remember yeah. getting into them <clears> to the point where I couldn't give them away, and yep. then I stopped breeding them for a couple of years because I'm going well, you know, I just can't, you know, be doing this, and then all of a sudden they became like flavor of the month again. Have you seen the yeah. prices of knobtails now? Yes, prickly, like your roughs, your rough ones. Even like smooth. And yeah, yeah. Oh, no, not smooth. I haven't seen anything about smooth. No, like levers, levers. You'll see them going for like 250 each. Yeah, right. Oh, that's when I had mine. That's That was the rate. But that yes. was like, shit, that was over 10 years ago now. I remember Fucking not being old. able to. Jesus I remember. <laughs> I remember not being able to. last Thursday. Oh, birthday. yeah, that's right. Happy yeah. birthday. Thanks, mate. I got your little, your little picture of me squatting down, taking a picture of a dead frog. <laughs> yeah, of a dead frog. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. To stir you up a little bit and kind of say, well, hopefully we get some some good frogs next year. Yeah, I'd a chuckle. I'd a yeah. chuckle. But um, yeah, no, I haven't seen the price of them recently. Yeah, it's gone mental. The and as soon as they come up, they seem to sell. So it seems like they're on the the up again, which is quite That's quite interesting. <clears throat> Yeah. Oh, it's awesome for the animals. I think, I think there's a lot of uh, mixed blood smooth knobbies yeah. getting around now these days, which has muddied up yeah. the waters a lot. That started to happen kind of a couple of years ago. Yeah. It's when yeah. the albinos came out. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then they started getting mixed in with Levis and 
trying not, not just pilbarensis and stuff. So yeah, you know, I was also a race to get him into the the patternless mutations yep. and stuff and start That's creating right. two gene combos and all the rest of it. But and then that kind of just fizzled out. <clears throat> yeah, they're a bit of a weak hunter, aren't they? Yeah, the alba, alba, albino ones. Yeah, apparently we have to. I was going to say albino. Albino. <laughs> albino. Albino python. But yeah, they're a bit a bit of a weak eater from what I've heard. Obviously because they rely on the site, but Yeah, I remember talking to Neil Sonneman about it at one point because he came up for an expo um years ago now. And he was talking about it and he's like, Yeah, you pretty much just have to hand feed them. Like you can't yeah. let them hunt. They just they just don't take it. You pretty <clears> much <throat> need to like poke them in the mouth with the with the cricket so they grab it. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably yeah. I wonder if somebody's nutted that out or whether that's just like just an issue just because their their eyesight's poor or like if anybody's done the work to outcross it. I'm sure somebody must have. And I'm probably just glazing over it, but well, I think they just came like you said, they came hard and fast. I mean there probably still is people working with them, they just don't advertise that they're working with them, but mm. Yep. No, they didn't they do look cool. I don't yeah, mind the look of them. Like as far as a mutation gecko goes, like they're bloody awesome looking geckos. But I still love the banded asper. Oh. Something out yeah. banded asper. That yeah, big purple eyes. Yep, I yeah. used to have asper that were like jet black with purple eyes. Oh. Yeah, that's the stuff of dreams. You don't yep. see that anymore. No, I can't remember who I moved them onto. Yeah, that was yonks ago. Yeah, I can't even remember. Yeah, I, do, I still do love the um, the furious. Just geckos. I just love geckos. So what can I talk about? All geckos. <laughs> <laughs> any gecko. I love any gecko. I went through a bad, bad gecko phase before I sold everything. I think that's part of the reason why I moved everything on because I had so much stuff. Yeah, it's almost burnt out. Yeah. That happens though, man. Hey, like I, oh, like, yeah. I've definitely been feeling the burn lately with work and and having to get things ready for the baby yep. and then trying to like reshuffle these rooms and all this sort of gear and then having to look after the animals. Um, but man, I, I don't want to go back up in numbers. I quite enjoy this. Hey, this yeah, is nice. you'll probably fly when your baby comes. You probably want to go smaller yeah. again. I, I don't doubt it. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, and then once they start getting into it, then you're like, oh, I'm just going to go mental again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'll be um, so good. I can't wait for that day. Oh, yeah. you want an olive python? Yeah, we'll get you one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm pretty lucky that my wife, um, my wife didn't want me to get rid of anything. Yeah, so, right. So she she was keen for me. To, like, she was really upset that I got rid of stuff. And it wasn't it wasn't that I I wanted to, wanted to get rid of stuff, but I knew... That if the you day came, to. yeah, I, I had to. Like, there's no space for, yeah, anything here, and time and stuff like that. Like, at least by doing what I've done, I've I've saved myself a lot of time and, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a smart move, but yeah, she's been very supportive the whole way through. So I've got, I'm very lucky. No, that's very good. very lucky. That's good. Yeah. And you sold your last jungle too. Yeah, yeah. That was a bit of a heartbreak because I've had her for. Seven years, I think. Yep. So that was the same when I moved my jungle on. That was the first snake I ever got. Yeah. I moved it on. I'm still kicking myself for moving that on. 
But um, I've still got my first snake. I don't even know if he's still around. Oh right, it's Colin. Hmm. You remember Colin Ahad? I remember Jungle the name. Freak. Yeah, he's Jungle Freak on APS. Yeah, I went to him. Uh, <clears throat> APS. I think I'm Stimmy Luke. <laughs> I can't remember what I am on there, but um, I got changed on that a couple of times. But um, yeah, I went to him because it was a Palmerston Montgomery line Palmerston. Oh, nice. And um, he, yeah, they kind of that whole line almost vanished. And I know he went around and bought a bunch of. Obviously, he knew I had mine because I'd always post pictures of it. Yeah, he went around yeah. and bought a bunch of them to try and bring that line back. But oh, cool. I don't know. I don't know what happened to him. He kind of disappeared off Facebook and. Oh, yeah. hopefully he's all right. Yeah, he had some cracker jungles though. I feel like jungles aren't a massive thing in Australia anymore. Like not like line stuff. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm just running in the wrong circles. But oh no, do you follow SS Morelia on Instagram? Sounds familiar. I think I might. <clears throat> so he has some absolutely. If anyone isn't following him, jump on his Instagram and follow him. He's got some absolutely cracker jungles and cracker um, diamond pythons. Sean Carroll. Yep. Yeah. Absolute crap. And um, Zamac, Zmac Reptiles, I think that's, that as well. Uh, they've yeah, got some. Uh, Emma and Zach. Emma and, yeah, they've got some awesome jungles as well. Yeah, right. Yeah, I um, I know Sean, I know of Sean Carroll, but um, yeah, I just didn't realize that was his his yeah. name on here. Man, that's that is killer. He's got yep. a lot of good stuff there. Real good stuff. Mm. <clears throat> I did ask him to come on the podcast, but he wasn't a fan of public speaking, which is that's all right. Each their own. Exactly. That's what I'm I was still getting saying. used to it. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, I just, he's some of his diamonds, man, and his jungles. Absolute beautiful. You know what, though? I, I am, <clears throat> but at the same time, I'm drooling over the diamonds and not the jungles. That's How good are the diamonds, diamonds, though? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's always <clears throat> had good diamonds. Yeah. Yeah, he's got some awesome stuff. Oh, check out that. So you don't see that anymore, like real no banded, real jungle, banded. jungles. Yeah. They were like uh, Roger Lester had a bunch like that. I yep. think he's still – you think he's still going, Roger Lester? He's still um, mucking around with a few things. I think he just yeah. keeps quiet to himself these days. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he had a bunch like that. But, yeah, guys like that are just working on them. But you don't see that much anymore. There's real black and yellow banded. See, but yeah. I like the – I like the – I do like them, don't get me wrong. But I also like the Palmerston locale, which has mm-hmm. got, like, the, the flex of the yellow through the black. <clears throat> yeah. Like the, the – fle- yeah, the tipping. Yeah, the tipping in, like, the black scales. Oh, that's just my – personal preference but um i think he has some striped jungles that are palmerston locales yeah right that are unreal from memory i have a soft spot for like striped jungles yeah that have got tell you what yeah if if this is a page that you know if if you like morelia and in particular yellow morelia whether that be diamond jungle or darwin this is a page to come and potentially coastal no, no, no. I'm That's not. Yeah, I'm not sure. That's but yeah, absolute cracking animals on that page. I just yeah. find I just every time he posts a picture, I'm just fine. I'm drooling over it. I do. I do like my Morelia. That's for sure. But I'll yep, stick to same. the small stuff. I'll stick to the Viridus and the Carinata. 
<laughs> yeah, I agree. Every time I, I still get my ruffy out, I'll just be like, oh, this thing's just sick. But there's something about diamonds. I still have this thing for diamonds. Mm. And, um, yeah, these things for jungles. I think, like, I don't know if you can see that one. I'll tag in it. Um, yeah. This is like um, the kind of the flecking I was talking about in it. Like when that animal gets older, that flecking turns yellow. It's that. Ah, oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah that, so that's kind of what animals. my jungle looks like. Yeah, it's that palm stuff. Yeah. Like, but oh, man, I just find every time I flick through his page, I'm like, I've got an old bird over outside. I could put diamonds in that. See, I've always wanted to do diamonds outside. Yeah. And that, that Avery would actually be perfect for it, I reckon. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I said that for the missus. How'd that go down? Uh, not too bad, actually. She asked if I could oh, keep green bad. tree pythons in it outside. I was like, ah, oh, it yeah. gets too cold here. <clears throat> Imagine being able to have that as like a sunning cage during some of the the warmer, but not the warmest months. I ran through my head a million different ways that I could keep green tree pythons outside. <laughs> <laughs> be a bit hard but yeah 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 you definitely struggle over our winters and stuff like that That's yeah sure i was thinking like you know those big infrared bar heaters that you get for decks and stuff i was thinking like put one of them over it plants in it yeah a greenhouse uh, my well, you could probably mental. greenhouse it probably could yeah or i could just get some keep them in here <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, know that they're safe yeah, yep. that's right. But um, I, I, I'd have a chance, definitely. Yeah, greens. Di- diamonds out there would be pretty cool. I yeah. reckon if you were able to swing, even just like one pet diamond or something like that would be mad. Yeah, that thing. That'd be She'll come around one day. You'll have to, okay. Well, here we go. We'll just have to, you know, next time we want to do anything, let's bring her down here and poke the greens in front of her, and I'll like. Oh, she loves green tree pythons. Loves them. She'll hold them. Like when yeah, I had okay. mine, that she would go in and get them out when I wasn't home. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, like as she would, I'd, she sent me a picture of just her holding my greens, like yeah. while I was at work. I'm just like, make sure you shut the enclosure when you put them back. <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, no, she loved them. <clears throat> loved green tree pythons. So when I mentioned it, like oh, green tree pythons, she was like, the only thing she hates is rats and mice, and that you got to feed them. That's fair enough. Rats and mice. She just cannot stand rats. Native mice and that she's fine with, but that's just like, like yeah, the European rat, no chance. That's a little bit of a perfect segue. Do you want some native mice? <laughs> I thought about it, but. I can hear a whole bunch of babies squeaking in yeah, that tank you've now. you've got more babies, don't you? Well, either that or they keep having fights, but no, I'm pretty sure there's babies in there because basically they do this thing where they, they, all of a sudden they just stop coming out of their hides yeah because they're in there looking after the babies and they'll like race out for food and then they just quickly eat and then they disappear again yeah but can you hear them have you been able to hear them tonight no no, i can hear them playing as day i'd be kind of annoyed if it came out on the audio but there's nothing but squeaking mice in this room at the moment it's uh yeah no i can't hear i suppose you can't hear that frog behind me i (laughs) can't that's my little fella isn't it the grower going off yeah i've heard him a few times tonight does yeah. make me does make me happy when I hear him croak. Yeah, they're awesome. They're awesome. But um, yeah, no, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, another round. I um, oh man, I tell you what, these backgrounds for those exoterras is dragging me out a bit. 
Oh, have you got those new ones yet? Haven't got them yet. Today I got the final, final proofing, and I just need yep. to tweak one of the backgrounds. Yeah. Um, but the images and stuff are all good now, so he's he's happy with those. So hopefully by this time next week I'll actually have them in hand because once he once he does it all, like it doesn't take much room to yeah, print. Yeah, doesn't them. take long. Yeah. Yeah. So he could even have them knocked out by the end of the week. Um, yeah. Nice. But yeah, that'll be good to to have those out. I've I've held off connecting up the Miss King to the actual system on those yep. enclosures because I know that I'm going to have to pull, pull it all apart. Yeah. Um, so Every time I do that, I get way. water everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it just seems to come out everywhere. Hey, yep. carpet and water, not my favorite things. But um, no, that'll be good. And then I've just got to finish off these other two enclosures. I've got the images sorted for them. Yeah. Just don't have the just don't have the bank. So Yeah. Soon. Soon, nice. soon, soon. That'd look good. I'm gonna to have to go get another beer, I think. I'm out. Oh. Well, there you go. All right, I'm full ready to go now. Got more beer. I got more, <laughs> more whiskey. Beer. Yeah, I'm good to go. <laughs> Pretty good. Having a good one tonight. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Oh well the rate where we're going. Yeah, it's um good old yarn. Mm. I like it when we get on a roll. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. You can just tell you know, the mood's good. We've got the energy. We haven't really had a chat for a while. That's the other thing too. <clears throat> yeah, we, well, we probably haven't chatted properly since last week, like apart from like yeah. the on-off message here or there, which is pretty standard. But <clears throat> yeah, oh, good stuff. You're rocking good. the Tiliqua Freaks jumper there too, Luke. This is a relic. Yeah. Old, uh, old Colin Schumark. Yeah. And the Tiliqua Freaks. Is that page still doing stuff? I'm not too sure. Yeah, I don't know. Are blue tongues still a big thing? Yeah. Yeah, blue, blue tongues still are. Did you see that uh, morph that Joe Oh, had? sorry, I did, yeah. That was an absolute <laughs> cracker. That could have caused a little bit of controversy, I think. But Did it? I think so. I think, well, I think when anybody posts something that's kind of, you know, a bit of a first or something up, then it gets a bit of... Bit of stick. Yeah. Those things are crazy though. They're like a pied pinstripe loose cystic looking thing. I'll probably mess that all up, but <laughs> what would I want to say? Het for carrot or something like that. Het <laughs> for strawberry. <laughs> uh, as Owen would say, het for hippopotamus. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> peanut, peanut butter het for hippopotamus. <laughs> but the good thing is though, with though with the blue tongues though, I think having the morphs all those different types of morphs and stuff is that will bring a lot of beginner keepers in mm. to the hobby yep. because one, they're easy to keep. A lot of people want a blue tongue, but if you can get this albino blue tongue, you can get a black blue tongue. You can get a peanut butter head hippopotamus, you know, like stripes. Yeah. yeah. Patternless Easterns, all that sort of gear that's out yeah. there. Yeah. And same with the beardies too. Like I'm not a big, like beardies. It's not my cup of tea, but at the same time, like I stopped in the, to chat today at Kerbal Pets and he's like, I have a look at this thing. I'm like, that's actually like, it was a super colourful. I would have That like fire, fire red looking thing with like yeah. a kind of stripe down its back. Yeah, that was yeah. insane. And I'm like, I could see the appeal of that in a shop. Mm. It sees a kid walks past and sees this red dragon. It's like, oh my God, that red dragon. I want that. And that's his first yeah. 14 to reptiles. Like, yeah. <clears throat> you know, it's awesome. Yeah. They definitely but that's the good thing with the blue tongues too. 
Well, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but if you had to, if you had to kind of suggest a beginner reptile out of a bearded dragon or a blue tongue to a first time keeper, what would you suggest? I would say, I, I don't know. It's hard. See, I'd probably say a beardy. Just because they're a little bit more arboreal, but I prefer arboreal animals, if that makes sense. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, either either, personally. See, my personal take is if I have the option, if somebody is willing to hear me out on it, I generally say blue tongue. Yeah. I find that they just, um, oh, excuse me for a second. I find that they just, they, they tend to be a little bit more bulletproof. Um, yeah. you know, if a kid's going to be picking them up and, and mucking around with them or something like that, then they're, yeah. they're probably a little bit more tolerant of that sort of gear without breaking. Um, you know, if they're out of the cage for a bit longer than a, a bearded dragon, they tend to hold on to energy a bit better. So, yeah. you know, if they are actually experiencing that sort of stuff, if not that I'm suggesting it, but if UV was to be lacking, they tend to be a little bit more tolerant to that sort of stuff as well. Whereas they might be able to pick things up a little bit easier from the variety of food that they eat in their diet. So yeah. Yeah. They're, they're just my thoughts, but yeah, I blue tongues are just generally hardy. I don't know about yeah, these dwarf true. things, but like a, a standard blue tongue or something. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're probably pretty golden. Yeah. No, nah, <clears throat> definitely. But yeah. But dragons know, have that just... dragon appeal. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's we'll look in the US. Look how popular in the US. Yeah. I think they're the most kept species of reptile in the US now, I think, as a pet. I could be wrong, but I want to say that the bearded dragon is the number three pet behind cats and dogs. Yeah, yeah, as a Something reptile, yeah. It's the number one. Like yeah, yeah, in America, it's insane. Like, you yeah. can see why it is. Yeah. You know, like, people want to sit and cuddle their reptile, like those things will do that to a degree compared mm. to, you know, it's not my cup of tea. I don't want to sit there and cuddle my reptiles. Like, <laughs> but you know, you get that. You that laser big steamer in your yeah. lap. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and they stink too. Oh. But um, yeah, you know, yeah. and you can't keep them on sand because, you know, it's bad for them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, There's some shocking things. Yeah. shocking things. But, you know, I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, people are going to keep him as a pet. So yeah, exactly. People have different views on that, but <laughs> yeah. No, these are, these blue tongues are pretty crazy looking, though. Yeah, That's definitely. For sure. Definitely. <clears throat> but it's good to see. It's good to see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we had a couple of kind of like uh, basic sort of topics that a few of our listeners wanted to talk about we kind of last moment chucked up a bit of a hey do you guys want any sort of questions or anything answered by us or thoughts as such out on the facebook page not sure did you share it to instagram at all no i was busy today fair enough i can't blame you for that when i was chatting at kellyville bears but other than that (laughs) (laughs) well you were distracted then so that's Mm. okay yeah so um we had a couple of people ask. I'm going to have to jump back onto our page because I have completely lost where I'm at. Um, but one big question that got put out there, and perhaps we'll touch on it at another, another stage as like a, a full topic, but is about animal enrichment in captive environments. I thought that would be a pretty good thing to, to talk about for a little while. Because um, yep. <clears throat> I think it's something that, 
Jeez, we both got like the frog in the throat today, don't we? Yeah. Need more liquid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's that saying? Great minds think a lot. <laughs> I wouldn't say great minds, but you know. <laughs> All drinking buddies think a lot. Um, yes, that's right. Yeah. So Luke Dunn kind of po- uh, posed the question um, about our captive reptile enrichment. So I thought maybe we'd just touch on it a little bit. And then maybe we could see if we could get somebody on to talk about it in a bit more depth. But some some idea that I actually had come up and, and I'd thought about it and Luke Yongen's actually confirmed my thought for me, mm. but essentially was um, adding into these monitoring enclosures that I built a form of enrichment that's really easily replaceable and doable. And that's kind of creating like a, you know, when you go to the zoo, and you see like the koala enclosure and they have like the big PVC pipe that they filled up with water and they stick a whole bunch of gum branches in there and then they've got yep. fresh browse to kind of peruse. Yep. I essentially want to do the same thing, but on a smaller scale in these monitor enclosures and kind of paint that tube a little bit better and kind of make it look a little bit more blended into it. Yeah. So yeah, pretty cool, yeah. That that's a form of enrichment that I'm going to be bringing to these enclosures and, you know, I'll do it for the frill neck and stuff as well and probably down the line for like the bearded dragon and stuff. Um, yeah. Seeing as I've got so much forest and stuff around me now, you know, it's not hard for me to walk down the street and, you know, walk past 30 gum trees and collect a few branches here or there or whatever and add some leaf litter into the enclosures at the same time. Yeah. So that's just one way that I'm thinking about adding in a little bit of enrichment into these enclosures. And like we talked about it, I think it was with, might have been with Steve. Yeah, when I we think were, it was, yeah. We were talking about like even just dragging a mouse or something through an enclosure yeah. as a form of enrichment to get some pythons hunting and, yep. and not catching a meal, you know, straight right. away. Yeah. So even doing something like that's just a form of, uh, you know, enrichment that I don't mind doing from time to time. But uh, what about you? Have you got any sort of like thoughts or plans as to how you might kind of further enriching animal life there? To be honest, with the leaf towels and the chameleon geckos they're kind of almost creatures of habit and without like you know studying them in the wild and that kind of thing i wouldn't know what their home range would be so to speak so like i find if i watch these guys over night time they've almost got like a routine yeah they'll start on one perch and then i might go to the next perch yeah but then they'll go back to that perch and they'll they'll poo in the exact same spot of the enclosure without fail like you saw the other day yeah you got the male in the one behind me goes up in the corner you got the other one in the other enclosure goes down the front corner like they've, they've almost got their spots so i don't know as there's not i don't want to play around with them too much so to speak like yeah it worked for me previously not messing around with them i got eggs i got hatchies got strong hatchies too like you know i think i had maybe one hatchet that didn't make it out of a couple hatches didn't make it out of the egg but that might have just there was no egg tooth so yep in my mind that's just you know a weak hatchy doesn't make it so i don't kind of want to bring that into the world but at the same time so i don't know whether I don't want to mess around with it too much because I don't know whether it will be detrimental to them. So it might be interesting to see once what I've got settles in, if I get some eggs to maybe do that, but, and see if it does maybe affect that. Yep. 
But at the same time, yeah, I'm not at the moment. I'm not going to change too many things. So, so have you got any sort of like ideas in place that you would like any sort of things that you would do in particular, or are you yet to kind of think of anything that you might kind of muck around with? Not really. I'd probably just move perches around, to be honest, because that's, that's kind of say. all you could really do. But at the same time, like <clears throat> I think a lot of these leaf tails and stuff, they live on the same big tree. Yep. You know, in the wild. Yeah. And you've got certain species of fluorus and stuff like that that, you know, live in these tiny little pockets, microhabitats almost. You know, they're found on like one mountain range. So their range isn't huge, but I'd love love to get out there and see them and photograph them and watch them in the wild and see how much do they move, like that kind of thing. Like are they on only the same rock face? Yeah. You know, are they moving from one to another, but yeah. I'm not It'd be good sure. to be able to spend a bunch of time trying to just watch the same animal. That's right. So like, for example, when Todd and I went looking for those morits and stuff, we came across a particular morits that was on the exact same tree and it was the exact same animal that he'd seen previously. Mm-hmm. And like he, he pretty much went, okay, we're getting to a tree where I saw one last time. Oh, there she is right there. Yeah. And it was like clockwork sort of thing. But yeah that's a limited sample to know what she would have done in that's between right. those two points. So is she yeah. got like a little home range where she's going between a couple of trees or, or yeah. whatever, or is that the one tree that she goes to every night and she sits there and she waits for whatever to walk past her mouth? Yeah. So it'd be cool. But to I watch like, yeah. the stuff I have here, or even previously when I had uh, more leaf tails, yeah. they would hide in the exact same spot every night. When it came to hunting, they'd go to the exact same spot every night. Like even now, like <clears throat> if you look at the ones behind me mm. that I showed you the other day, they go to the exact same spot every night and they'll sit there and wait. Nothing comes, they'll change branch. Yep. Like, you know, but it's only like, it's only like 200 mil to the next branch. That's so not huge. But in the wild, that might just be the same tree, but shuffling around to the other side. Yeah. You know, like, cause some of those trees are on a massive. Yeah. But yeah, so I don't know. Obviously enrichment might help them a little bit, but I don't know whether it's certain animals that, you know, go large distances like monitors, for instance, I think they would benefit 100% from enrichment. Yeah, I agree. Versus a gecko, 100% I agree. And they're a little bit smarter as well. Like, so, you know. Are you saying that geckos are silly? Oh, a little bit. <laughs> Just like the guy that likes to keep them. <laughs> hey, I didn't say that. But yeah, you know. but yeah, yeah no, no, that's just I agree. Yeah. my thought on it. Actually, I've got more books up there. I forgot to talk about it earlier. Anyway. <laughs> just like that. Maybe, maybe that's where there. we'll wrap it up as we'll go back yeah. to Jason's <clears throat> book pile. Um, yeah, I, I'd agree to that. Uh, with my geckos, I probably don't muck around with it nearly as much. Yeah. As, as something like the monitors and stuff. I think I think I kind of want to challenge the monitors a little bit more because they are they do seem to be on a bit of an intellectual difference yeah. with with the geckos. But in, Have in you saying noticed that, though that your strophirus will bask pretty much on the same branch almost in the same spot. Yeah, or in the middle of a bloody cage. Yeah, yeah, on, on the, the glass. glass. There, yeah, I can see that one's the always there though. Same spot. Oh, he's always there. Yeah. Always, always. Um yeah, I do. I do find that they go to that. But I also kind of wonder, do they go to that exact same spot because they don't have much option? Yeah. 
Here's actually something Maybe. interesting that I found out with my Williams Eye. So they're up in that enclosure there, right? So that's the yep. old Felicipoda enclosure that I built that has a lot of rock work in it. Mm-hmm. Guess where they hide during the day? In the cracks or the rocks? Yep. So I was talking to Ollie about this yesterday. I was like, where they come from, do they have no other option but trees? And if they had rocks there, would they prefer to hide in the rocks if they had their shot? Or is it just out of sheer convenience that that's there? Or is it the fact that you've got heating above it so those rocks are a little bit warmer than what the rocks would be where they are? Mm. <clears throat> so like the rock crevices where they're from might be yeah. cooler, but you're providing that warmer. I don't hate them. Yeah. But you've got your light that comes on. I've got my lights that come on yeah. above, above them. Above, yeah. Yeah. So but they don't hide on the top. No, no. They just go straight into the deep cracks where there's no particular heating. Yeah. That would just be like ambient. I'm trying to think about my Williams I did. I mean, I wasn't planning to put them in that cage with that, but I just thought that that was kind of like a little bit of an interesting observation. Because hmm. like, I'm pretty much guaranteed that... Most days, all three of them will be hiding in the cracks. Yeah. Um, instead some of on day, the branches. Instead of on the branches. Interesting. So are they preferring that because they like the rocks or am I not providing? I think cricket just fell from the ceiling. That was I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's what that was. Um, yeah. Uh, is, is that because that's what I'm providing them or is the branches that I've provided them not up to scratch according to them? Yeah, maybe. So that could be something too. I was just, it was yeah. just weird, you know? So I was like, oh, I found this interesting. It's just a little behavior that I've started noticing. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely reckon dragons and monitors and, and some snakes definitely could use with enrichment for sure. Colubrids, I'd say, would, would oh, benefit from that and probably vens as well. Yeah. And they move around quite a bit and. Probably a bit more so than pythons. Although yeah. in saying that, py- pythons, no, I, I, do, I disagree with myself there. I like giving enrichment to my green tree pythons. Yeah. I try to do that to encourage them to move, whether that be new branches or some cut palm fronds or something like that. It was so. interesting watching um, Matt and Christie's mm. video when they were herping up in Iron Range. Yeah. You know, and they, could, they, they basically said like they'd pick, they could go back to the same tree and find the same one, but, you know, they're on branches that are like a twig mm. sitting during the day instead of these big fat branches that everyone thinks that they need, but they're on something like less than a quarter the size of that. Yeah. You know, like that was pretty interesting. When they showed that picture of that one sitting up in the tree. It was just like hanging onto the leaves. It was pretty much hanging onto the leaves almost. I was like, yeah. wow, like back when I kept them, we kept them on like a, you know, a thicker branch, but I never thought to put tiny little thin branches in there. That's something I've actually noticed recently with my male green tree python because um, he's in that four foot by four foot or 120 mm. by 120 enclosure. And because I've put all those different kind of thickness branches and verticals and stuff like that in there and because he's separate from the female at the moment and it's coming yep. into that time of year, <clears throat> he is moving like yeah. no tomorrow. He wants to get up. He can smell her in the enclosure above. Trying to um, get up there. He's a randy little bugger. So I'm glad that he's yeah. at least still having a crack but he's not gonna have a crack um 
but yeah, he he's been kind of like perching in all different positions now because he's kind of been on the move. So wherever the lights come on, he just ends up flopping and sitting. But he's going from like he sat in like the one spot every night for a few few months. Like he'd move around yeah. overnight, but he'd go back to that spot. And mm. now he's moving around the cage and sitting in all these weird little positions. And some of the things that I'm seeing him hang off might only be like four mil thick, like yeah. little little tiny vines. But he just looks like perfectly coiled over the top of them. It's really cool to see him use all those different thicknesses, like you were talking about. Yeah, but it's something I never thought of when I used to keep them. I kind of had like a thicker branch, but yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, or you'd go and get like dowels. I used to, when I first had them. I had like these perfect the like tub. <laughs> yeah, fifteen mil dowels in like a an enclosure or whatever. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is the epitome of a green tree python. That's what you need. But... Yeah. <laughs> But um, the Bible said that's what you need. <clears throat> Have you got the Bible? Um, the complete conjure. Let me consult the bookshelf. I got the more complete conjure. Yep. I don't have the original. Yeah. So, interesting book. Yeah, no, it was good. I read it. I read both cover to cover. Yeah, I think I did actually read this one cover to cover. Um, but I do like Justin's new one too, Green Tree Pythons. That's good. I, I do. I, f- I do really like that book. I feel like it might. I, I've, I don't know. I felt like I might have wanted a little bit more information in that one. Um, but I did enjoy it. So, yeah, yeah. I definitely think that was a step up, and I did like a lot of the natural history stuff in that book. I thought that yeah. was really good. That was the thing that I really enjoyed out of it. And, uh, from memory, a lot of that was like Australian populations and stuff as well, which was a bit more relevant for yeah. us. So, no, I did enjoy that book. That was a good one. Yeah. Good. Um, no, we had a few more questions. What else did we get? Everyone wants... Yeah, everyone wants to hear about green tree pythons, boids, and chameleon geckos and leaf tails. <clears throat> everyone loves the chameleon geckos and leaf tails. Take it away, Mr. Jason. they're awesome more people need to keep them well yeah they are yeah if if anybody doesn't know we actually did do an episode on leaf tails yes that was like one of the almost very first ones i believe yeah and you know maybe we can revisit that or something yeah but um yeah give that one a listen but yeah that i think that the biggest thing was everyone thought they were hard to keep same with boyds too because there was that you know don't keep them on heat and all mm. this and that, but you know, I'm not the, I wouldn't say I'm a guru on boids or anything like that, but, um, you know, the, the more people are keeping them now and, you know, yeah. they suit perfectly for bioactive setups, mm. leaf tails, chameleon geckos, boids. So I think, you know, that's kind of a thing at the moment. So that's probably why those species are, um, you know, people want to kind of hear about it, but they're awesome to keep. I love yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I definitely do enjoy them, and that's why they're... a few more bioactive tanks will be sneaking into the lounge room <laughs> pretty soon. Yeah. Not sneaking in. They, my yeah. wife knows they're coming. But... um, You're not like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 But um, at least Kim yeah. might be listening where about now. But yeah, no. <laughs> no, no, she loves um, she loves, she does like them. But um, yeah, no, there's 
don't know. Like, what's the what was the question? A breakdown on how you keep them. That's kind of yeah. Why, why don't we kind of go through, like, we'll do like a basic overview or something from like species <clears throat> to species about how we've both kept them or or, or keep them. I mean, yeah, we'll probably, I, probably keep them pretty similar. So yeah, I pretty much keep them all very similar. I'm obviously going to change a few things coming up soon in the next few months or something, but it's not really going to be different to the way I keep them, but I'm just going to aim for more natural species of plants, native, mm. not natural, um, native species of plants. But yeah, basically no heat. I don't keep heat on any of them. They, in saying that the boids do get quite a bit of heat from the UV when it's on. Yeah. Um, those T5 high outputs, they do put out yeah. a little bit of warmth up high in the enclosure. I'm saying that I do notice when it comes on, they get right up near it. Yeah. So it's almost like they're getting that heat, but, um, yeah, I kind of keep chameleon geckos, leaf tails, voids, the same, exact same pretty much. The only difference I'll do is branch sizes, whether, you know, backgrounds and stuff like that. But um, yep. pretty much, yeah. No heat, bioactive. So let's elaborate that a little <laughs> bit more because I, I feel like somebody will turn around and ask you to yep. anyway. So I'm going to ask the question as as if I'm the... The listener interviewer and the yeah listener. so with your geckos you like you said yep. that you provide uv for your your boids do you provide yep. any uv for your geckos no i don't i never have yep um i mean it's not something i, know, I might try it in the future to be honest the chameleon geckos i probably wouldn't yep. because they like if you jump on my instagram you can see the hides i've got they don't come out of those hides during the day they're basically under that hide until the lights go out. And once the lights go out, they come out. Yep. The leaf tails, though, you'll get some that will bask on, say, a branch, a vertical branch. You'll get some that will be on the background or whatever. But then the way I used to keep them was I used to use a lot of cork bark. So I'd have cork bark slabs everywhere. And they'd be underneath the cork bark slab. So if yep. you had a, you know, a UV light on, they're not getting any of that UV. In saying that, I do have plant lights as well. But, I mean, obviously, it's not really beneficial to the gecko, but it gives it that day-night cycle. That's about it. But, yeah, yeah I've never never put UV on them. Yeah, I, I didn't used to keep UV on geckos. Obviously, I do now just because I'm dealing with a lot of, like, arid stuff that would have yeah. access to it. Um, but in saying that, when I did use UV above my leafies, they seem to now it could either be they wanted the UV so they'd sit under it or it could have been they actually wanted that little bit of extra warmth from the UV yeah so maybe they were actually seeking it out but I now, actually was had them. it the Y berber uh Y berber Y berber and I've noticed my Y berber like to sit upside down mm. on the roof of the enclosure yeah. I'm I'm talking about like they'd get into a, a wedge like in the top near of the it. enclosure near yeah. it yeah, rather right. than and like I'm not lying when when I come in some mornings the UV would click on and I'd watch them walk to it hmm. interesting something that I saw uh, I think Mitch messaged me actually as well he's why Berber do it yeah so where wh- maybe that's just species specific with that one but I did see Cornutus 
hanging around underneath it fairly often. And it wasn't like they would like hang in the same spot all the time, but yeah, who knows? Who knows? I, I try that in I'm these definitely. I mean, if you can, why not? Even if it's just exactly. like an hour, hour a day, so you're not yeah. chewing electricity <clears throat> and chewing through globes. Like, yeah, never know. That might end up in like better calcified eggs or you know something yeah. as well. So it could just be something to be somewhat beneficial. Obviously, you're not going to put like a fourteen percent desert globe no. above them, but no, like you'd just be using like a yeah something weak, like a five or a seven yeah. percent. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I did run UV above them. I'm not going to say that it was necessarily needed, but yeah, you know, I just kind of went. But it's down interesting to see though. Hundred percent, yeah. And I, I've seen like I've seen my fimbria using it again, whether that's heat or UV that they're actually a lie. Know. I have UV above my Wyberba right now, only oh, because my hatchling Boyd's enclosure is next to it. Ah, uh, yeah. And the T5 goes over both enclosures. So there you go. I might actually watch that. Thanks for you. I might put the camera there. Yeah. Well, we could, yeah, see, see if something happens. It's only yep. worth a watch. Yeah. <clears throat> Boom. I like, I like tinkering with animals, though, in that sense, and just seeing those yeah. little behaviors. And if they seem to like it, then I kind of go, well, maybe I'll leave it. Yeah. But yeah, my setup, my older setups before what I've got now, that was pretty much just um, exoterras, bioactive substrate, plants. And cork bark slabs. Yeah, I feel like your old setups were very aesthetically simple, but yes. they looked really neat and good. Like they yeah. were very, very practical, they were practical for the animals. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what they were. But I'm going to, um, my new ones, I'm going to try and go more range specific, if that makes sense. Yep. To where they're from. Um, obviously the plants probably won't be for the same range, but yeah, just purely, that's just me wanting to do that. I don't know if I'd have any benefit to the gecko whatsoever, but, um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's, that's why I used to keep them. I got eggs, bred all the species that I had, never had an issue, but I used to also say, so I think I've said on the, on that first one we did, I set up a big, um, pot filled with, um, quiet peat and sphagnum moss, cut a hole in it, and I'd sit that under a cork bark slab, and I'd have two pots, So, and I'd bury the pot. You could pull one pot out without disrupting the soil, and then that was the lay box. That's such a good idea, especially if they just use that specifically. Yeah, they did. <clears throat> the only ones that didn't were my Maritzi. Yeah, okay. They never went in it. But... um. Cornutus did, Wyberba did. They actually, the female Wyberba would hide in there during the day. Yeah, right. She'd be on like <clears throat> just sitting on top of the substrate. Hmm. Um, yeah, Maritzi did, Cybrosis did. They all did except for the Maritzi. They would lay at the bottom of the background. Yep. Right down at the bottom. Did they do that behind like the bird's nest ferns or something that you used to have in there, like near the root ball, or they just do it in like kind of no, like an open space? They just space? do it in an open space. Yeah, right. So, and then, yeah, because I, and then I just kind of got to the point where I'd stop getting eggs out for the Maritzi and the white berber. So, yeah, they just started hatching in the enclosure, which was pretty cool. Oh, wicked. Yeah. But um, pretty basic, but still at the same time, 
functional and nice. Like they still look nice, but um, yeah, yeah. But the chameleon geckos were kind of more vertical, skinny branches upright. Mm. Kind of like the same thickness as their torso or their all their pretty head or much. Yeah, about. yeah. I'd say the yeah twenty. The largest ones are about twenty five centimeter diameter, but I'd go all the way down to like twenty five millimeter. Do I say centimeters? Yeah, 25 yeah. mil. <laughs> but that, the skinny should be skinnier than your pinky. Yeah. And you'll see them on those ones. Yeah. No, like they, the one they are. always bast on is the one that's probably the thickness of my pinky just behind is, me. Is he still it's on there thin. now? No, he's gone. That's a, a leaf. I don't know where he's oh. gone. He was there earlier, wasn't he? Yeah. They are bloody cool geckos, though. Yes, they are. They're so yeah. underrated. I did. More people need to keep those. They're, they're one of those ones that I reckon once, you know, kids a little bit older or something, can I start creeping things back in? I might have to get one off you. Even if it's yeah. just to have one in like a mad 90 centimeter tall enclosure. And... Oh, definitely. Well, that's what I have. Like, I'm planning on nice tall enclosures. So that's the plan. Do you reckon they'd use that <clears throat> full height? Um,. I had him in 60s. Oh, that's 60 behind me, 60 high. Mm. I have seen him at the top of the 60. So I don't see why they wouldn't use them. For hunting, probably not because it's too high because they're, they're actually they're not as quick as some of the other geckos. Like they're not slow, but yeah, they're not lightning fast. They can move relatively fast if they want to, but not mm. as fast as you think. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, I mean, but, leaf tails aren't exactly quick. Either, no. but when they when they snap at something, they're pretty quick. Yeah, these guys are the same, probably a tiny bit slower. But they they may use it, but you know, just offer it to them. If they don't use it, they don't use it. Yeah, well, that's all you can do, right? Yeah, like, it's no different to me putting Gillen's monitors in these enclosures here and and going, well, I hope you use it. I was pretty confident they were going to use it after seeing that one in the wild, though, and then. Lo and behold, they use every inch of what they're given. So. Yeah. I mean, these guys will climb up to the top of that enclosure and sit up the top. Yeah. But, um, well, there's no reason why they won't climb 30 centimetres taller. No, that's right. It's only 30 centimetres. Actually, probably a little bit less, but maybe 25 or something. But still, you know, if I can give them a little bit more space, it's better than nothing. But yeah, I think I said last episode, I plan on doing a little bit of a cohab enclosure. So... I'd be interested. I'm going to be interested to see how that goes. Apparently, good. So you know, we'll see it's how it goes with, with with your lot there. That'll be pretty I'm, mad, though. Yeah, that's well, something I was wanting to do, and I'll set up the camera like you've done on a bracket, pretty much right in front. Mm. Just let it record all the time. So oh, that'll be mad. <laughs> yeah. Um, as as far as keeping your boys, you're obviously keeping them in a bioactive enclosure as well. That's your one's pretty tall. It's one twenty, isn't it? You got four. Yeah, one twenty. Yeah, four yep. four foot tall, ninety wide, sixty deep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So my, mine are in a eleven hundred tall or, or one hundred and ten centimeters tall by uh, one meter wide. Yeah. And sixty centimeters deep. And I've got a pair yep. in there. Um, although now watching them, I reckon they could probably do with something taller. You know, I yeah. reckon one day I'd like to strive for something like six foot tall. Yeah. I reckon that'd be a pretty nice height. Um. Plus, it'd be awesome to walk into a room and see one perched at like eye level. I reckon that's mm. mad. But you know, look unreal. Space, 
space is a premium. <laughs> so yeah, something to strive towards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, lots of upright vertical branches because they like to hug onto branches like that. But I don't know about you, but do you do you have any sort of like diagonal or horizontal branches? Yeah, a few that come off. Yeah, the upright ones. I've got one that kind of like goes on a couple of angles and then goes up. Yeah. That makes sense. They yeah. do use it, um, but they generally seem to sit on the upright ones right at the top of the enclosure. I would love to get them. I think when I change stuff around, I'd love to get them. Like when you were here, we spoke about that bit of a dead space I've got. Yeah. So I'd love to use that whole space as one yeah. and, um, you know, kind of just change things there and see how that goes. But I'd love to give them a higher one to see if they use that whole height, which I think they probably would. I reckon they would for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that space that you're talking about, that's like 120 by 60 centimeters by about what? 2.2 meters tall. Yeah. 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 I reckon they'd use it like hands down. I reckon they'd use it. Yeah. Um, Sure. And especially after looking at both our pairs of boids and then seeing Cooper's boids in the in the flesh, yeah, like Cooper's adults, man, they make ours look like tiny little hatches. I can't believe the size of them. When he pulled that male out in that video, I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, it's like almost the same Huge. size as my frill neck, and that's a big lizard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I do going back to those branches. I do have like a couple of branches in there that are on a bit of a diagonal and I find that my female in particular loves just like draping across them with all four of her legs just like hanging yep. and she just like balances on her belly um, and my male does get up there from time to time and use it as well so you know, I think if you are going to set up voids maybe just throw a couple of extra branches in at different angles as well just to try to give them the opportunity um, but yeah I do find mine sit up high they definitely sit up high majority of the time and they will like sit in the leaves and stuff like that as well so they, they seem to be kind of tucked away. Uh, what about your green tree pythons when you used to keep them? So I had those guys in, what was the height? I'm going to say it was, they were, so I had like a, I had enclosure made and it was um, 600 wide, 600 deep by 900 high, but that was only for an individual. Yep. But it was, two enclosures that was side by side. So my male and my female side by side. Yeah. And I just used fake plants back then. That was before like I kind of knew about the whole bioactive kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, man, my first green tree python tank was horrible. <laughs> before that, they were in a tub while I was kind of getting it ready, but, you know. Yeah. But it's say that they were only small still. They weren't fully grown when I got them. So you raised yours from pretty young, didn't you? They weren't were they were they hatches or they were just like juveniles? No, they were juvies. So they were sex yeah. sexable juvies, I think. They were um how old were they when I got them? I'm gonna say they were about two when I got mine. So they're okay. still relatively old, but yeah, then I got those enclosures made and did that. So Yeah. I think my first enclosure that I had put together for one of mine was it's like a meter long by about 500 tall and 600 deep. Yep. And I remember having like these removable dowel perches in there, like really horrible bark that I put on the bottom of it. And then I had like these two 10 liter uh, 
plastic tubs that I'd fill up with water and I'd have one on the hot side, one on the cool side, just to try to make sure there was heaps of humidity in the enclosure. Because I remember the the guy that I got my first Grand Tree Python off, he came with the enclosure and he's like, just keep the enclosure exactly like this and you'll never have an issue with it. And he had basically, he had branches in the, in the enclosure, just a couple of kind of like thicker gum branches or something that went side to side. And he had like a pothos vine in there and he had a water bottle on either side of the enclosure. And he's like, yeah, you got to have one underneath the heat. So then it, it like gets all the humidity going in the cage. And then you got to have one on the cool side for drinking. And you know, you got to mist them twice a week and you have to do this and you have to do that. But I don't do any of that anymore. Hey, Got to yeah. spray it out. You've got to do this, got to do that. No, no. Yeah. My adults, I might spray them a few times a year. Yeah. You know? I spray the enclosure. Like I used to spray my enclosures, but I never sprayed directly on them. Oh, see, that's, that's sorry. I'll rephrase. I spray my enclosures maybe a couple of times a year. Yeah. I've got a couple of plants in with them. So I probably water the plants like maybe once every couple of weeks, like not yep. that intensely. Um, but yeah, I don't go overboard for humidity for them. Hey, in saying that, having the plants in there and all that increases your humidity, humidity naturally anyway. Oh, so hundred <clears throat> percent. So you don't really need to go spraying this and spraying that and doing all that kind of stuff. Like no, but I'm just talking about like you know how people go and like oh you have to spray them in the morning, spray them of the evening. Yeah, got to make sure you spray the individual snake so it drinks. Mm. No. Not in my experience. I reckon that's going to create a lazy snake that's not going to go looking for water. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So nowadays I have one male that's in a 120 by 120 by 60 centimeter enclosure with lots of vertical branches, lots of horizontal branches and a few plants in there and mm. one big water bowl down the cool side of the enclosure. Um, and then my female is currently still in her same enclosure, which is 120 by 60 by 60 centimeters. Yeah, uh, just because I didn't want to change things up on her, saying she's punishing food and stuff again. And um, her enclosure is pretty bare bones, basic, just lots of branches. And a, uh, I just heat them with heat panels. Yep. Which you were a thing of the them. past. Yeah. yeah. Man, Australia's in the dark ages again. And yeah. uh, you can't get heat panels in the bloody country. So, yeah. Which is a shame. <clears throat> be interesting to see how the um, IR. Heaters mm. go with them. I'd be interested to see that. The low wattage one though, like a real 50 low wattage. Or something. Yeah. yeah. Do I do 40s? Can you get 40s? No, 50s is the no. lowest. 50s yeah. is the lowest I've seen in any of the brands. Yeah. I reckon they'd be okay, but I reckon like it's just, they're not too bad as a heat goes. Like I find they're a bit more of a broad, less intense heat. Yeah. That's just my person, especially if you're talking low wattage. High wattage is a bit different, but. <laughs> I think you just have to have it down low. See, this is the other thing. Is a lot of people cook their, their greens. They have them at like 32, 33 or something yeah. like that at the hotspot. I definitely find that's a bit too warm for them. Yeah. Um, the only time I ever see my greens actually use that is if they've had like a massive meal. In saying that though, I had an interesting conversation with a fella um, not too long ago that keeps some of his greens outside. Uh now, I believe he's like mid-north coast New South Wales. Um, and I don't know if he just takes them out into like sunning cages or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he was temp gunning his greens and they were 38 degrees and they're sitting in open sunlight. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And they had mm-hmm. option, plenty of option for like shade, plant cover, 
all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting just to see them actually sitting out and using that. So, well, if you but, think of, yeah, <clears throat> I kind of posed the question too. I was like, are they using it for the UV? Are they using it for the heat? Are they using it because they're currently very cold and they're just warming up? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I've never seen my snakes, my green tree pythons, use any heat near that. If if their heat's like, if I set their heat to thirty two, they'll sit on the opposite side of the cage. Yeah, that's just my snakes. Now he's temp gunning the surface temperature of the skin. Obviously, skin. yeah, yeah, interesting. But in saying that, just because you're set it at thirty two doesn't mean they're going to be thirty two. You know, mm. like they could probably get to 32 sitting where they're sitting. True. Have you tent gunned them and they're sitting on I, the other side? Yeah, generally they're lower than 32. They'll lower be like 30. high 20s or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. But then again, I've heard of people keeping them just at 28 degrees. Yep. No issues. Ambient. So, yep. 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 So reptiles are weird, hey. Like, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, doesn't matter what I do. Doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter what somebody else does. You can all get the same result doing all these different things amongst exactly. the same species. That's just mental. Like yep. reptiles are just so. I, I actually think they're very adaptable. Most more more often than not. But yeah, like I kept wipe over outside and they got to like five degrees and they still eat, still hunt, still laid eggs. Like. Probably even got after, colder than that, to be honest. <clears throat> after being to their habitat, mate, I wouldn't. Would that wouldn't surprise me with them? Yeah, <laughs> that was exactly. a chilly night. But those, yeah, and they still hunt. So you know, and then, like I said previously, it, it's it's cold. Like my room now, I think it's like well, I'm cold. I have got a jumper and long pants on, but I can tell you what the temperature is in here right now. Once I just open up my thingo, but I get the old grid connect open. Get the old grid connect open. It's 17 degrees in here now. Really? And all the leaf tails are looking for food. Yep. And the chameleon geckos. That's not even that bad. Yeah, you're probably colder than me. No, I'm warmer, mate. This is a desert room. We've got 10 and 20. (laughs) 20, So these gets down to 14 recently. That I've noticed, and these guys are still out looking for food. Obviously, I've, like I said before, I've kept them colder, but I should actually see where this is trending. But yeah, like you said, there's a million different ways to skin a cat. Yeah, and everyone can get the same results by doing different things. So, at the end of the day, you've got to find what works for you. Hundred <clears throat> percent. But obviously, like with your leaf tails and those more tropical species, you don't want to blast them with heat. No. No. I'm saying with the forest kings, I keep the forest kings the same way. At the moment, they're just in a tub, but obviously that'll change as well. But um, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you've ordered enclosures; you're just waiting on them, so that's yes, just that's right. a bit of time, a bit of patience. Yeah, that. Uh, and then it'll be a bit of time, a bit of patience once I get them too, because I've got to do yeah a few bits and pieces. So, are you gonna? Well, here's a question for you: Are you gonna start like? Cause I know you want to do backgrounds for a few of them. Are you just going to start building them before you get the tanks or are you going to get the tanks and then build them into it? I was thinking about that the other day. I might because of what I plan on doing, I probably could start and just do the three different sides. Mm. 
and then because I'll have cracks and crevices and this and that. So I could probably do the size. It doesn't matter if it's not bang on because I can have, yeah. I can play with the the distances and do this and that and fill it in and whatnot. But um, yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. I might even start trying to knock some out because yeah. I can get like a rough dimension, but um, get the rough dimension and kind of work off that for what I want. And that way when they're ready, I can just slap a couple in. But the biggest yeah. thing is trying to get the plants. What I spoke about last week is trying to get the plants to go. <clears throat> yeah. I'm interested to see how those guys go. Because, like, like, I mean, Australian plants are one of those things that you just don't seem to be able to get nearly as frequently. And yeah. especially in sort of what you're doing, kind of getting, you know, a whole bunch of essentially wild plants sent down to you. Or that particular guy looks after a lot of plants, doesn't he? Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So... Yeah, that might be pretty cool. Yeah, and I'm going to hit up the... I've got that um, native rainforest nursery up the road from me that I'm going to mm. get to as well. Get a bunch from there too, so... Yeah, that'll be sick. Mm. I, d- I did like that when we went to Kellyville today. Um, they had the, the uh, three foot by three foot exoterra that was just kind of like decked out with plants. Mm. You it see that? Cool. Yeah. A little bio tank that they've done. Yeah. That's pretty mad. I got a little version of that at work with a jungle carpet in it. It's not quite as full of plants as that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're good fun. I do enjoy the bioactive tanks. I'm really actually, I'm going to enjoy putting together these these ones for the green tree pythons and watching them change color. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. <clears throat> Something I'll want to do one day. Get them out of these tubs. Yeah. Yeah, it's just our personal preference too, I guess, as well, and what works for you. Like, obviously, mm. not everyone can have big-ass enclosures. But... No, no, no. I mean, we've all been there where we've we've done the other stuff, so. Yeah. You know, I've had everything in racks. I've had blue tongues in racks. I've had, you know, I've got goannas in tubs right next to me. Yeah. i got skinks in tubs. Mm. Forest skinks. That's, yeah. But um, I just can't wait till I can just come down here, have a beer. Hopefully not a long man. By the end of this yep. year. Yep. I reckon we'll both have everything done, hopefully. Yeah, I just got to grow my book collection. <laughs> Build a bigger oh. bookshelf. Well, before we go, what are those books that oh, you were yeah. talking about? Actually, I can't remember if I did speak about these. Hang on, I'll go grab them. Oh. I can just watch these little frogs jumping up and down in your, <laughs> your, your tanks behind you there. Jason's just moved out of the way so I can actually see them. <laughs> oh, just a small stack of books, mate. What's there? There's like a dozen there. Oh, not quite. Um, what did I get? <clears throat> so I have in my hot little hands Frog Watch Field Guide to Victorian Frogs. Oh, that's cool. It's a pretty cool little guide. Um, little parents on the front? Yeah. Little parents? Yeah. Yep. I think it is. It looks like it. Um, I'll hide that invoice. <laughs> um, Don't let the wife see that one. No, can't go wrong with these. Got <laughs> Those are relics. each? No, definitely not. Definitely not. In the plastic too. That's crazy. Mint so, condition. Got this little... Um, How many copies of each of those you got now? you got to be getting up there in numbers. I've got pretty much two of everything. Except for the gecko one. 
I got a few of the gecko ones. Have anyone of those or something? <laughs> no, not that many. <laughs> but um, this cool little field guide. It is Steve Parrish, a wild Australia guide frogs. Oh, that's cool. So it's a little yeah, little field guide of frogs. That was an eBay purchase. That one. Good on eBay. Yeah, and I got another copy of. I'm still, still in bubble wrap. <laughs> Oh, that's one of Steve Wilson's. Yeah, that's Steve one of the Wilson's. I think it's the first edition, I think. Some of the bubble wrap I've actually opened yet. Yeah. Is it a brand newie? Um, I'm, no, I think it's a, it looks pretty. It's in good, really good nick. Like, it's in super good nick. Like, obviously, all my books are in good nick because I don't really do much with them. But um, I think it's the first edition. Maybe the second. I think it's the second is it this one with the spinnerigerus on the front? Yes. Yeah. That's the first second. one. It's the first. There you go. Yeah, so I just I pulled the there. second one out. That's the second's got another strop on it. What's that got? That's got a golden tail. Golden tail, yeah. But um, then I've got two of these, two of the uh, reptiles of Australia: snakes, lizards, turtles, and crocodiles. Oh, they're by, cool. Uh, cogger. The yeah. They're a cogger. I got another one of the frogs of Victoria. Victorian Frogs Field Guide. So you got two of those? Two of those. Can't have two then. <laughs> Reptiles of the Sydney region. I actually never saw that book before. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think I picked that up for five bucks off eBay. Oh, wicked. Yeah. yeah that slipped past me. Not actually, long. no, you found a good good little haul on there. Yes, you? I went through this lady's, I think I spoke about it, but I went through the lady's like an old eBay store. Yeah. Nipping Reptiles and Amphibians as Pets. Oh, that's cool. Who's like that Chris boy? Banks. Chris Banks. Okay. I've never saw this book before as well. It's an older book. Um, that's pretty cool. Like eh? 90s or something, I think. Um, okay, 1980. Okay. That's older than I thought. There you go. Yeah, wouldn't have thought there was a book out then. And that's an Australian no. book by the looks of it as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's got a jungle book. It's got a... Um, what is it? Water dragon. Yeah. yeah. Definitely looks Australian. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That might be a bit of a relic. <clears throat> Got a uh, <clears throat> Lids of, Lizards of Australia, Stephen Swanson. Yes. There's a few more of those ones I need to get. I know that for a fact. But um, And then this one I've never seen before. It's just the snake. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> the snake. Yeah. That was five bucks <laughs> well, it's not so, very descriptive but yes no well, five dollars is five dollars yeah that's right and that's a coffee right. it was in the same same purchase as all the other ones so yeah but like i was saying oh, you never have too many books yeah no i definitely agree definitely agree so and i may have just dropped them all <laughs> <laughs> that's what that thud sound was Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Anyway. Anyway. Oh, good stuff. What do you recommend? Yeah. Wrap up this show. Sounds good to me. We'll probably end up chatting anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. We'd like to say a massive thank you to Eric and Owen and the rest of the NPR crew for having us. If you'd like to contact them, it's best to find them at MoreliaPythonRadio.com and email them at info at moreliapythonradio.com. Make sure to follow at the NPR network on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as well. 
As far as contacting us and our social media platforms, you can email us at australianherptoculture at gmail.com. And you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as well. And make sure to check out our Teespring store for some podcast merch. We do have the link over on the Facebook page. To see more of what Jason is doing, make sure to follow him on Facebook and Instagram at The Gecko Effect. And for myself, you can find me on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Patreon, and Teespring under Beach and Scaly Beasts. We hope to have you back next week for another episode of the Australian Herpticulture Podcast. Good night, everyone. Good night.